Tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift Vieira's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight only on Disney Plus. Not, not to segue, but it's I, in some ways I always think of that episode and the Sunny Fox episode as being the kind of iconic episodes of 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 this podcast. Thank you for saying. And you and now you made a segue because I've got yeah. them on the I've Sunny got them on Fox. the same card. Sunny Fox, another Brooklyn kid from Parkville, Gil. And and with Sunny Fox, when he was coming, you know, of course he had Wonderama, which was a really big kid show. And I was expecting with Sonny Fox, oh, it'll be a, a cute interview. He'll talk about, you know, uh, funny stories with kids. And he went into a whole story about being uh, his army troop being held prisoner by the Nazis. Yeah, they were. And he was uh, captured in the Battle of the Bulge. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, it's a story. I think it was this. Something Ed, Edward uh, Robbie or Roddy, something. Roddy Edmonds. Roddy Edmonds, yes. Yep, yep. yep. And they said, he said um, that they were like about, with including him, there were about four Jews in that troop. And certainly uh, Ronnie Edmonds wasn't Jewish. And the, the uh, Nazi officer said, tomorrow we'll be uh, taking you out of the train car. And we want all the Jews to fall out of line. And this Edmund said uh, n- to the troop, everybody fall out of line. It's like a Spartacus moment. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And then the Nazi got really pissed. And I think he held a gun to this guy's head. And, and he said to the Nazi officer, all of us are Jewish. Yes. Mm. And it was, I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Well, as Gilbert said, we just thought we were going to do this light show about TV, about growing up on Wonderama and TV kids shows, uh, you know, kids shows in New York. And he hosted game shows. We thought it was going to be a lightweight episode, a, a romp. And it, 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 it took a turn. Uh, and he was, you know, he got, he got very choked up uh, when he started talking about the liberation when the camp was liberated, he cried. You know, you get attached to people sometimes who do the show. Some people come in and they go and you say, well, that was pleasant and we enjoyed knowing them. And then obviously we've done 400 of these with maybe 370 or so different people. We, you know, there was an attachment formed with, with us uh, and, and Ron and Jessica. And, and so too with Sonny, who we and, stayed in touch with. And I remember Sonny one time calling the house yeah. And and he asked, when is uh, my episode going to be on? And we said, uh, a couple of months. And he said, could you run it sooner? I'm in my 90s. <laughs> <laughs> 
We stayed in touch with him. Uh, thank you to our friend Randy Bucknoff, too, for that, for helping to book Sonny, and also for, for allowing us to stay in touch with him and bringing him into our lives. And a shout-out to Frankie Verderosa, who, uh, who made that Ron and Jessica episode happen. We'd like to give thanks and credit where it's due. We love those people, and uh, big losses for us. Yeah. Uh, a couple of more podcast guests, as long as I'm getting emotional here. Uh, here's three people from the same television show, which was a very important television show uh, in my childhood, the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Strangely, we lost Ed Asner, Gavin McLeod, and Cloris Leachman all in a yes. couple, of, all inside mm. of a couple of months. Uh, two of them that we were lucky enough to book, and Ed and Gavin and Glo- uh, Cloris evaded us somehow. <laughs> Although I think yeah. Gilbert worked with her. Uh, yes, on that yes. roast, on Bob's roast. Yeah, and uh, I remember on the roast when it. Cloris Leachman got up and she said, I'm sorry if I don't know anyone on the dais. All I do nowadays is watch TV, go to the movies, and read magazines. (laughs) (laughs) I am not here to roast Bob Saget. I'm here to fuck John Stamos. Boy, I'm going to strap on my Oscar and take you right there in that filthy beanbag chair. Sorry, that's John Lovitz. Stamos, you shouldn't talk so much. Your mouth is canceling out all the hard work your ass is doing. If you play your cards right, I'll do something no woman has ever done to you. Put you in the movies. I don't know who any of you people is. Maybe that's because I watch TV and go to the movies and read the trades. I have vibrators older than most of you. The difference is my vibrators still work. She gave it to you guys good. Another person who did not take herself seriously, a great sense of humor, uh, and which since we talked about the last picture show, I mean, there's her. There's uh, one of her shining moments. Oh, yeah. I met her. I met her a few years ago. Her daughter brought her to a to a screening of Disaster Artist, and she stuck around afterwards, to, and, wow. and she was so kind wow. uh, 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 to, to all of us who made the movie, and just talking to us about it, and 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 how she appreciated it. It was really, really it meant a lot to us. How nice! And, and I heard a story that Sweet. she and uh, and Tony Randall were together in something, and Tony Randall goes into the makeup room where Cloris is getting made up. And and Tony just recites, I bit off her clitoris and she became Cloris. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I think maybe that movie was Scavenger Hunt. 
Uh, oh. <laughs> last, last picture show the Mel Brooks stuff, uh, Young Frankenstein. What character did she play in Young Frankenstein, Gil? Do you remember? Uh, was uh, it Frau Blucher? Ah, close enough. Yeah. <laughs> Blucher. Frau Blucher. Uh, yeah. High anxiety as Nurse Diesel. I oh, think she, she I, was very funny. In really? That. I think she won eight Emmys. Do I have Jeez. that right, Mike? Uh, that sounds right. Uh, she went to Northwestern University with Charlotte podcast guest Charlotte Ray yeah. and Paul Lind. There you go. Oh, jeez. Oh. Studied with Ilya uh, Kazan. Uh, is in that memorable Twilight Zone episode, Gilbert, with Billy Moomy. She's in It's a Good Life. Oh, wow. And I will direct people to a memorable episode of The Office with Jack Black and Cloris Leachman. Google it, watch it. I remember that. <laughs> it's <laughs> truly, truly funny and brilliant. She really could do anything. She was 94. I'm sorry that we didn't pull it together. Uh, we tried. Um, uh, Gavin McLeod was 90. Um, uh, we first approached him, I think, or saw Gavin or met Gavin at Chiller when you were signing autographs. Do you remember, yes. Gilbert? Yes, he, I was sitting. Uh, my table was right across from his. And and I remember I had a desperately pee, but I thought this this guy's almost a hundred and he hasn't peed so far, so I I have to hold it. Uh, he was, and we we almost booked him. Then something happened. We came back to him a couple of years later. Uh, uh, he was, I think, Stuart Hirsch, our pal, helped us with that one. What a joy he was. Uh, you know, there was some, we had some trepidation because a very religious man and we yeah. thought, oh, is he right for this show? Yeah, is, he, yeah. is he going, is he going to get offended? Uh, you know, he was playful. We teased him about being big chicken. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, on Hawaii Five O. But Mike Cinema, you know, he's in Operation Petticoat. He's in right. Sand Pebbles with Steve McQueen, Robert Wise picture. He's in Kelly's Heroes. Um... Re-listen to that episode. That is a that is a sweet episode. It's it's it probably in my top five or top ten. And, um, and that's the episode where gentle guy. If yeah, if you don't know, uh, if you've never met Gavin McLeod, just watch the Love Boat, and that's him. That's him exactly. He's uh, he's Captain Stubing. He's like this friendly, loving guy. It's a sweetheart of a guy, and I just I just loved, and I got to stay in touch with him. You know, you get the people's emails. I send mm. out an email to get the release for him. I stay in touch. I get a little dialogue going. I got a, a correspondence going with, with Gavin. He was such a pleasure. Um, and Ed Asner uh, left us at 91, and what can we say about Ed Asner? Yeah. Another gigantic <sighs> career. Yes. On small screen and big screen. Yeah, he worked with in a movie with John Wayne. You bet. And Paul mm. Newman, he's in Fort oh, Apache, the Bronx. And, and I remember right. getting back to Gavin after uh, we were both going home from the autograph show. He came over and hugged me. How sweet. Uh, yeah. Uh, you never told me that. Yeah. A lovely, lovely guy. We really enjoyed meeting him. Now, Ed was and, a funny and story. And Doc called. Yeah, we had, um, we had Bernie Coppell call yes, up in that episode, Dr. Bricker. That was fun. I, gee, I love that show. And we, yeah. I think we had Barbara Feldon call in during the Bernie Coppell episode. Yes. 
Now, Ed Asner, we had a funny incident. We were recording in Gilbert's house in those days. Dara would hook up a recording device. We would sit it on the kitchen table. And 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 Ed was, was he was just raring to go at the beginning of the episode. He was calling Gilbert an idiot. It was wonderful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was irascible and cantankerous and, and taking no shit. And then... Gilbert tripped over the wire. Oh, God. He tripped over the Ethernet cord, and we disconnected him about 20 minutes into the show. And it took us about 40 minutes to figure out how to get him back. Uh, and and something had happened. And yes. He, and I, I, I don't think his family would mind me telling this. He was an older gentleman. You know, he when he got back on the line, and maybe it has to do with, with, with something with aging and the time of day, he got back on the line for part two of the show, and he wasn't as sharp. No. Mm. No. He, he, like, he, uh, yeah. yeah, when he first came on, he was joking and quick and everything, and then uh, it was like when we got him back on, it's like, wait, we, we want the other right, Asner. Yes, yeah, something happened, and 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 yet I bring this up because he rallied. You know, I thought, well, maybe we should maybe we should cut it off here and 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 rearrange this and do this another day. The guy was a pro. The guy was a pro when the lights went on. Seven Emmy, uh, more than any other male actor. He had a big voice acting career. Uh, versatile, uh, great in 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 comedies, in drama, heartbreaking and up. Oh, yeah. amazing. Oh, God, yes. You know, it aided what's mentioned, Mike Giacchino's score, too. Uh, and, 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 and an activist, you know, a guy who, who, who walked the walk, you know, the, and his activism cost him that probably cost him his biggest part, which was the Lou Grant series. Uh, Gil, you never worked with him, did you? Uh, uh, no. Uh, are you are you might be in one of those little something Gilberts with him. You might be in one of those little Christmas movies or TV movies or oh wait or, wait or an he animated was, thing. I think he he reprised his role in Elf. Oh in right, a cartoon Elf. And what, so you, I was in that. What was the name of that thing? Oh, Buddy I, the Elf or something. Buddy or? the Elf. And right. and mm. and this is something in my career with little people. I replaced as my revenge. <laughs> against uh, Billy Barty taking a part <laughs> from me. I took a part from Peter Dinklage. <laughs> who, uh, that, he played that wow. in the movie. I had no I idea. played it in the cartoon. Ed was a wonderful character, and at The View a couple of years ago, I went up to him and I said, I'll bet you don't remember being in a TV movie with the Mod Squad actor Michael Cole. Before I could get the thing out of my mouth, he said, The Last Child. He, oh. you know, he was in his eighties, mm. and and yeah. then he had a he had a memory of every part that he ever played. He did a lot of good for a lot of people, and he was he was beloved by a lot of people. Uh, and we were we were really so thrilled to have him. He was one of those guests that gave us credibility in the early days. Let's talk about um, uh, two other people associated with the Mary Tyler Moore Show behind the scenes. People quickly, Alan Burns, who co-created that show. With uh, with Jim Brooks, what a bad year for the Mary Tyler Moore yeah. Show. Mm. Oh, uh, man. passed away. Alan Burns was a writing, a comedy writing legend. He died back in, in January of 2021. He worked for Jay Ward. He was a writer on the Bullwinkle cartoons. Oh, and wrote, man. George, wrote George of the Jungle and Dudley Do Right. And when <laughs> when 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 uh, when Quaker Mills uh, uh, hired Jay Ward Productions out to create to uh, to help them with some serial promotion he created captain crunch 
Wow. He did everything. He uh, he, he he was uh, he created my mother the car. <laughs> he was a writer on He and She, Richard Benjamin and Paul Apprentice's show, and uh, and Get Smart. Uh, he he wrote that movie, A Little Romance. Oscar nominated for it. Yeah, with Olivier and a young Diane Lane. Yeah. Um, uh, Room 22. Um, the, the, the story goes that the Mary Tyler Moore show, uh, got to start, got to start writing greeting cards, by the way. Gilbert, you'll love this. Uh, Grant Tinker gave him and, and, and Jim Brooks, uh, a, a, a shot, really, the rest is history to, to create that wonderful series. But he claimed they took a, a meeting at CBS and an executive, not Tinker, said, listen, there are four things audiences, American audiences won't tolerate. Divorce, New Yorkers, Jews, and men with mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> so they had to move her to Minneapolis. They had to say she wasn't divorced. Uh, uh, Alan Burns, if you look up Alan Burns' career, I mean, the fr- and the Duck Factory, the Jim Carrey show. Was, yes. was his show. He had a wonderful career. He did a lot of, of, of interesting things. Uh, and Jay Sandrich, uh, uh, iconic TV director we lost, uh, a legend, directed 119 episodes of the Mary Tyler Moore show and oh. was, was a legend. And we tried to get him, too, with the help of our friend John Marcus. Jay was in bad health. Uh, directed Cotter, Soap, Night Court, The Bob Newhart Show, The Odd Couple, That Girl, Get Smart, He and She, uh, on and on. Uh, what stories these guys could have told. Mm, but that's please. six key people. Um, I didn't, uh, one, two, three, four, five, I didn't mention Betty White uh, from the Mary Tyler Moore show to, to pass away and let she, and, 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 well, yeah, Betty White also passed in, uh, in, uh, in 2021. Let's talk about Betty Gilbert. Did you ever work with the great Betty White or meet her? Uh, yeah, I was next to her uh, in one episode or like a week of um, Hollywood Squares. How, would you, how, how did you get along with her? Uh, oh, I think I did something. Uh, did she when like they, you? <laughs> when they called me, I, I did something like I, I like spit, I spit out some water or something. And, they <laughs> said, and, and she said, Oh, I love intelligent comedy. <laughs> she zinged you. She zinged you. She roasted you. Uh, what can you say? What can we say about this woman, this national treasure that hasn't already been said? Uh, her, and, and, and Mike, it's like I was saying to you on the phone. It's like her entire adult life encompasses the history of television. Crazy. She was on television at at, at age 17 in 1939. <laughs> she had a oh variety, variety show in the four, she worked on a variety show in the 40s, she had a sitcom in the 50s, the Betty White show later. I mean, and then the Happy Homemaker. Um but but you know, she, again, one of those careers that kind of waxed and waned with the decades. But but once that Mary Tyler Moore show and uh, uh, that that Sue Ann Niffin's character and uh, and then I guess later the Golden Girls, uh boy, she never looked back. And I thought it was interesting. They for on Golden Girls, the the creators of the show originally wanted her to play Blanche. Yeah, the, Susan Harris. Yeah, and and uh, and Rue McClanahan was going to play Rose, and I guess then they realized that uh, both of those roles were too similar to roles they had done earlier because it, the Blanche role was sort of like a, a Sue Ann Nivens type, and and. Uh, um, 
the the Vivian on Maud, who Rue McClanahan had played, was too close. So so they switched. That's right. Right before, and then that's how they ended up playing the roles they played in Golden Girls. Never, she was never bad in anything. And how many people have three hit sitcoms in a career? Yeah. Do, do you remember the Betty White show, Gilbert, where she was the stunt, the actress, and the stunt, the the the, the she was she was married to John Hillerman. Do you remember that show <laughs> no. on CBS? Short lived, short lived. Um, Hollywood Reporter said she was as important as she was beloved. I mean, a, gay, a champion of gay rights. Uh, uh, obviously, her work with animals uh, uh, made her a hero and, to millions of people. I saw a photo recently of her hugging a bear. And what? the bear looks like it's ten times her size. Wow. And this is a bear who, if it was in a cage, you'd run away. Wow. But and she's hugging it. She passed in her sleep at ninety-nine on New Year's Eve, uh, which mm. I, again, you know, I, if that's if that's the way you have to go. Uh, it's hard to eulogize these people. It's hard to sum up Betty White in, in three yeah. minutes and five minutes. I mean, this is, a, this is a lifetime of work. This is a lifetime of love. Quick story. I was working on the Joy Behar show. She was in the green room. I said to my friend uh, Ed, uh, Evan Cutler, I said, let's go talk to Betty, uh, which I didn't make a habit of with the guests. Yeah. I did it if I knew somebody like Shandling, but I didn't, I didn't do it a lot. And there's a favorite episode of mine, the episode where she throws the party, that the Mary throws the party, and Sue Ann cooks for her. Henry Winkler yeah. shows up. Mm. Yes, yes. And she, it's the one where she makes the veal prince Orloff, and, and Lou Grant takes too many servings. He takes like half the servings on the platter. Yeah, and then he puts it back. <laughs> Correct. So I introduced yes. myself to her, and I said, uh, and I said, I said, Betty, uh, can I ask you a question? And she said, Sure. And I said, What happens to Veal Prince Orloff when you leave him in an, in a three hundred and sixty degree oven? And without missing a beat, she said, He dies. <laughs> <laughs> and that was her character's dialogue, which I tweeted when she when she passed. Uh, wow. a, a, a lovely little memory. Um, and, and again, you cannot you cannot sum these people up. Uh, uh, quickly, uh, want to talk about a couple of uh, a couple of character actors. Four great character actors remembered from television. Gilbert, okay. M- Michael Constantine from Room Two Twenty Two, yes, who won an Emmy for pr- playing that part. Also created by Jim Brooks, uh, Gino's fave. Uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, right? He had he became yes. a movie a movie star later in life. Uh, he's in The Hustler. Uh, million TV shows, a great Odd Couple episode. Felix Silla, since Gilbert brought up Little People. Do you know that <laughs> name, Mr. Weber? No. He was Cousin It on the Adams Family TV oh. series. <laughs> but he was also Twicky on, uh, on uh, uh, Buck Rogers in the 25th century. Born in Italy, he was a tumbler and a trapeze artist. Oh. And and he's in, the Hind- he's, in the, uh, he's in the Hindenburg, but he's also in the Blackbird, <laughs> Gilbert, as a mini Hitler. Oh, <laughs> Felix Silla, who I believe Gino knew, uh, Clarence Williams the Third. We were speaking of the Mod Squad, yes, a, a bit ago, and Twin Peaks. Uh, born in Harlem, a New Yorker. Uh, Mike in the movies Purple Rain, Fifty Two Pickup, right? Half Baked, uh, and in series like Everybody Hates Chris and Deep Space Nine. Um, and uh, but will forever be known as Link Hayes, yeah, f- mm. from the Mod Squad. And somebody Gilbert really wanted to get on the show, and we tried Gregory Sierra. Yes, passed away at eighty-three. 
Chano on Barney Miller. Yeah. El Puerco on Soap. <laughs> he, was the, <laughs> he was the revolutionary. Julio, of course, on Sanford and Son, uh, and, famous and all he, in the family. He was always going, Mito Tanport. <laughs> he played that Jewish radical on that All in the yes, Family episode. Yes, Gil. another yeah. one of those one of those episodes that ends without the theme song at the end. Uh, that's right. That's right. Where they blow up his car. Mods also Mod Squad Kung Fu. Uh, McLeod. He's in Papillon. He's in. He's mm. in Beneath the Planet of the Apes. He's in uh, The Towering Inferno. Uh, actor with a lot of credits. Probably a great storyteller. Um, passed at 83. Always great with accents and funny voices. Funny man. Funny man. Anybody on your list that you want to, that you want to bring up, Mike? Uh, uh, filmmakers, uh, uh, screenwriters, you want to talk a little bit about... Uh, uh, Let's what, talk about uh, Joan Micklin Silver. Please do. It's one of Gilbert's... Uh, she made one of Gilbert's favorite movies. She was a, a trailblazer. I mean, yes. it's uh, Hester Street, Crossing Delancey, Head over heels, uh, uh, chilly scenes of winter. Um, yes, she. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, the story of how Hester Street got made. It, it's just unbelievable that that. I mean, basically, her and her husband had to kind of raise the money and 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 finance, produce, div, uh, distribute it all on their own because no one believed in this movie. Yeah. Uh, so they made it on such a shoestring uh, budget, and it went on to be a big indie hit. Chilly scenes of winter is a good film. Yes. Two. Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, Finnegan Begin Again, which is one of the one. Um, like one of the first HBO uh, uh, movies. You bet. With Robert Preston and Mary Tyler Moore. That's a terrific yeah. little movie. And she made Gilbert's. She made the Pickle Man movie. Gilbert. Ah, uh, yes. Delancey. Crossing Delancey. Yeah. It, that, that's one of those movies where you could say that's actually a good romantic comedy. It's a yep. thinking man's romantic comedy. Yeah. It's not one of those like. I, well, I remember, I think Jennifer Aniston said uh, that most romantic comedies are are about the, uh, oh, I don't know, like about the... Um, oh, the gimmick know, or the hook. The gimmick, yeah, yeah like yeah. something like that. Yeah. It was right, about, the, about the scheme. The, yeah, yeah or the trailer moments. The, yeah, yeah, it's about the scheme. You know, it's like two people pretending... They're uh, married or two, you know, it's always something idiotic. I know, I know a guy who wrote a good romantic comedy that isn't about the hook or the scheme. We're looking at <laughs> 500 Days of Summer. That was, uh, you know, we, we were always saying we didn't, we wanted to resist the urge to make this about that sort of, oh, someone's trying to get one over on someone else or, or paying someone to pose as their boyfriend the, at a wedding. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, so, and whenever, you succeeded, my friend. Whenever a couple is pretending, they when they're not a couple and they're pretending, it could be two guys pretending they're married or two anything. They're always in a situation where they're at a party or something, and everyone starts chanting, "Kiss, kiss, kiss," <laughs> and or it's that's, like. That- that scene in what's the one with Cameron Diaz where they all where they all break out into song at the at the oh, wedding, my God, re- wedding yes. rehearsal. My girlfriend's uh My what's the name of that thing? My best friend's wedding. Wedding, or my, my best uh, friend's uh, wedding, yeah. Or something like that. I, yeah, it's a few of uh, the sweetest thing. Uh, uh, not that she one. made a bunch no, of that was yeah. 
There's a, bunch, there's a bunch of them. Thank you and, for writing 500 Days of Summer and not and not being slavish to any of those ridiculous tropes. <laughs> <laughs> I thank you as a moviegoer. I, I love a, a movie that Joan uh, Micklin-Silver made, Between the Lines. Yeah, that's John a good Heard one, too. And Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, she had a great career, and she's the mother-in-law of podcast guest Ken Quapis. Ah, we will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast after this. So there you go, uh, filmmakers. Uh, talk a little bit about the great Walter Bernstein. Uh, Mike, oh yeah, who, who left uh, us at one hundred and one. Oh, I mean, uh, one, one of the great screenwriters. We could do a whole podcast just on on his life and career. We could, I mean, we could. you know, uh, famous for for you know he he was one of the top screenwriters. When, when his career was uh, derailed by the blacklist. Correct. He wrote uh, Failsafe, uh, Gil, for Sidney Lumet. Oh. Yeah, adapted. And then, and then famously, uh, uh, much later, wrote The Front, which mm-hmm. was based on, on his own experience. Correct. Uh, when he would have to send people in meetings to pretend to be him. Yeah, um, Woody Allen and Zero Mustel. Yeah, yep. and Martin, directed by Martin Red. Everybody involved yeah. in that film was a, was a blacklisted person except for Woody. Right, right. Yeah, he wrote uh, Paris Blues, the Molly yeah. Maguires. Yeah. Uh, apparently he did a, an uncredited rewrite on, on All the King's Men. Um, really just uh, an incredible life and, and someone who's considered a, a hero he was. To, to, to writers everywhere. Yeah, semi-tough, the Molly Maguires. Um, never, I never had the honor of meeting him. No, um, me either. Also, he refused to name anyone, too. He could have and didn't. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, 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 another brave person. As long as we're talking about prolific writers in, in, uh, in uh, uh, Larry McMurtry. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, 29 novels, a Pulitzer Prize, uh, Brokeback Mountain, HUD, Gilbert. Yeah. A, mo- a movie you like, The Last Picture yes. Show, again, keeps coming up. Lonesome Dove. Lonesome Dove, Terms of Endearment. Uh, uh, Texas Phil and Evening Star, uh, sequels to those movies. What what an original and what a prolific writer uh, left us in 2021. Quickly, two comedy writers. Gilbert, maybe you cross paths with these people. I did. Uh, Ann Beats, uh, original Saturday Night Live writer, yeah. two-time Emmy winner, a comedy writing legend, the first female editor at the National Lampoon, um, creator of co- or co-creator with her partner Rosie Schuster of characters like Erwin Mainway and Uncle Roy, Buck Henry's oh. <laughs> sleazy yeah. character, Lisa Lupner, Dan Aykroyd's wonderful Fred Garvin, male prostitute. She created the show Square Pegs, which was a terrific ahead of its time show. She dated and lived with the legendary Michael O'Donoghue. Mm. She wrote the very famous Volkswagen ad in <laughs> National Lampoon. If Ted Kennedy were driving a Volkswagen, he'd be president today. She was wonderful and a mentor to a lot of people. Uh, we had the same manager briefly, the late, great Barry Secunda. Um, and Tony Hendra. Uh, speaking of the National Lampoon, uh, uh, also from the Cambridge Footlights, where he, he, was, he worked with uh, John Cleese and, and Graham Chapman. Uh, wound up working at the Lampoon, uh, wrote and directed Lemmings, the Lampoon stage show that introduced uh, the world at large to Chevy Chase and Christopher Guest and and John Belushi, and of course famous for playing Ian Faith, the the Spinal Taps 
manager uh, in a movie that Gilbert has never seen. Yes. <laughs> Tony had his demons, which were well publicized, uh, but um, uh, but we wanted to acknowledge his contributions to comedy um, and and Anne's as well. Uh, do you want to talk about Mr. Poitier, Michael? Oh, oh my God! I, I, where do you start? Again, I mean, where do you start? Uh, I, I, I'll just let me just list some of the 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 iconic movies um, to Sir with Love. In the Heat of the Night, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, The Defiant Ones, Sneakers, A Raisin in the Sun. I mean... Uh, Lilies of the Field. Lilies of the Field. And, and you know, not just a, a legendary actor, but uh, uh, an incredible human being, a, a, a yes. towering figure in, in the civil rights movement. I mean, just... Uh, what a life. A guy who didn't have it easy, as we pointed out on the Mark Harris episode. Yeah, I, I you know, uh, Mark's book, Read Pictures book. at a Pictures Revolution, mm -hmm. uh, a huge chunk of that book is dedicated to, to guess who's coming to dinner in the heat of the night. So yes. there's so many incredible stories uh, uh, in that book. It's worth checking out. And then he became a director. Right, right. And, 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 made, and made comedies like Silver Streak. Uh, not Silver Streak, excuse me, uh, uh, Stir Crazy. Oh, <laughs> God, I that. did it again. <laughs> and, and, and let me take that back he was the best man at marty allen's wedding how about that that's wow. a weird that's a weird <laughs> trivia out of everything sydney Poitier has done that to me is the most amazing and he told a story too that he was working as a bus boy that's a beautiful story yeah and this old jewish waiter comes over, hands him a newspaper and said, uh, what's in the news? And he had to confess that he couldn't read. And this mm. old Jewish waiter uh, at the end of the workday would stay there with him every night and teach him how to read. And that's how he learned. Wow. I read in, the, in his obituary in the Times when he came to New York uh, to pursue acting, he initially was sleeping at the bus station. He had nowhere else to go. He, wow. had, no, he had nothing. Wow. What a, what a wonderful contribution and a, and a, and a wonderful, uh, a beautifully led life. And then mm. again, you like Betty White. There wasn't anybody that didn't love Sidney Poitier. No. And, and I heard like, well, originally he auditioned for like the, a black theater group. And that's when he couldn't read. So they didn't have him. And then he got into actor studio and he was in a class with Tony Curtis and Walter Matthau. How about and that? he said he finally felt like he fit in because he said the two of them were misfits and he was a misfit. Wow. What a, what a legacy, huh? Yes. You want to, oh, you want to. And of course, um, uh, the defiant ones. Yeah. Yeah. Which Mike mentioned. <laughs> And had mm. we had uh, Sidney Poitier on, I could have asked him about Lon Chaney Jr. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think Sydney. I don't think Sydney ever did a podcast. That we that was a tall order. Yes, I didn't even, I didn't even try. I didn't try to scale that mountain. What you say, Mike? This is this is crazy. With with his passing, none of the best actor winners of the 1960s are still alive. Wow. Oh. Wow, so wow. the the the. The um, the farthest back best actor winner, not the oldest, but the farthest back who's still alive is 1971, Gene Hackman. How about that? 
How about that? When did Lee Grant win her Oscar? She's t- she's she's still around. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah. I don't yeah. know about the best actress. But yeah. Oh, it's best actor. Yeah, let best me, actor. Let me read some other names, and then we'll get to a uh, we'll get to uh, some people that were uh, close to us. Um, uh, briefly in music, we, we we never cover music because we run out of time and we can't make three episodes here. But Charlie Watts from the Stones, uh, great Don Everly of the Everly Brothers. These are all big losses. Mary Wilson of the Supremes. These are people we'd have loved to have talked to. B.J. Thomas, who recorded Raindrops Keep Falling mm. on My Head after Bob Dylan supposedly rejected it. of <laughs> uh, 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 The infamous Phil Spector and Ronnie Spector. Uh, Jerry Marsden Gilbert, Jerry of the Pacemakers, right? Ferry Cross the Mersey. Uh, uh, Sondheim, we're not even going to attempt to cover. Oh, oh my God. That's an entire, like, like Poitiers, or, or that's a whole other episode. But uh, I should say, by the way, there's a fantastic HBO documentary, and it's still streaming right now, uh, called Six by Sondheim, and it's, it's incredible, and, and go watch it. Now, it's, did Sondheim... Uh, during uh, West Side Story, like he he turned down something that uh, they were going to offer him in the contract. I don't know. Oh, That's I don't interesting. Know. That's interesting. Yeah, and and I, like he wound up losing a fortune on that one. Nine oh. Tonys, eight Grammys, an Oscar, and a Pulitzer. Well Jeez. done. Well done, yeah. sir. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. I, and and we'll, we will mention The Last of Sheila. He also wrote a cool movie with Anthony yeah. Perkins. Um, uh, Leslie Brickus, I'll mention because we've mentioned him on the podcast. Uh, he uh, lost him at 90. And uh, we we closed the Mario Christmas episode with a song from, from Scrooge. Goldfinger, right? He wrote, uh, he co-wrote, I think he wrote the lyrics to do Bond themes. Yeah, Goldfinger and, and You Only Live Twice. You are correct, sir. Nice <laughs> job. But also the scores and songs from Dr. Doolittle, Goodbye, Mr. Chips, Pure Imagination from Willy Wonka, Candyman, Gilbert, oh. uh, What Kind of Fool Am I, Talk to the Animals. What kind of fool am I? You think that I'm the only one that I have been thinking of. Lovely. I'll, I'll be grateful it wasn't a Brando imp- uh, 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 re- reference. Marilyn well, you know, Bergman. Uh, you know, <laughs> Anthony Newley. Now you stop. Richard <laughs> you stop. <laughs> Gilbert, I'll get, I'll, I'll get on a plane and come down there to Florida. I will, I will box your ears. Marilyn Bergman, Oscar winner, uh, wrote nice and, uh, with her husband, uh, uh, Alan Bergman, uh, wrote uh, so many wonderful songs. You Don't Bring Me Flowers, uh, Windmills of Your Mind from the Thomas Crown Affair. That's my favorite oh, opening nice. My favorite opening credit sequence it's is that movie, movie and that oh, song. Like Jesus. a circle in a spiral, you like bet. a wheel within a wheel, never you ending bet. or beginning, like an ever-spinning reel, like uh, something, something. You are you are a sick man. With, wrote, wrote that with Michelle Legrand. We have to get Norman Jewison on this podcast. They wrote uh, 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 with Dave Grusin. It might be you. That wonderful song from Tootsie, sung by our friend Stephen Bishop. She was the first woman on an on the ASCAP board. Uh, Paul, uh, first president and chair, female ch- uh, president and chairman of ASCAP. Or she, our friend Paul Williams uh, released a nice statement about her. I said I wasn't going to do music, but there we did. We went and we did music. So let's talk about Mike Nesmith. 
Yes. Mm. Uh, a favorite episode. Another favorite episode. And and Mike and Nesbitt, an accidental episode, I might add. I I've told the story a thousand times. I was I was flying out to L.A. to do an audition for this movie, The Experts, and I I found myself sitting next to Mike Nesmith, and and he said, uh, "What's that script?" And I told him, and I said, you know, it's a movie, these Russians uh, kidnap some two, two Americans so that they can spy or whatever. And, and Mike Nesmith just goes, sounds like a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> my fa- one of my favorite Mike Nesmith stories, no matter how many dozens of times I hear it. <laughs> yeah. I love I love telling that. Story. I know he tells it to Dave Thomas, who directed the movie. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I got I got great joy out of that. <laughs> that episode that episode surprised us because we did not go to Chiller Fest with the intention of interviewing Mike Nesmith, who was up in his room. We used, I've said it many times, we we exploited the cuteness of Max Gottfried to uh who was <laughs> I guess Max was four or five at the time. To, to, to get Mike, uh, uh, we, we knocked on the door and Max jumped on the couch and sat on his lap and he was so charmed and he did the show and, you know, and, and he broke news about how the monkeys never did outsell the Beatles and the Stones. Yes, he in, said in that 67. he was bored doing those interviews. <laughs> right. So he made up that story and in his obituary, uh, he know, put sir. that the, oh my God. the monkeys outsold the Beatles. Check out that check out that interview. That was a special show. He had a great sense of humor. Uh, it was a thrill for me, you know, doing this show. Of course, I get to meet so many childhood heroes, but that one was to to, to be there with a monkey and meeting Mickey too. Uh, check out his post monkeys work too with the First National Band. And like I said, a Renaissance man. He 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 he, uh, he was a music video pioneer. He produced Repo Man. Wow. And tape heads. I mean, he did so many uh, different things, was so much fun with us, was so self-deprecating. Uh, he was another guy I would have liked to have had back a and second I time. I remember when my son Max was sitting on his lap, uh, Max kept pulling on <laughs> on the skin under his neck. And yeah. he was just there like... Uh, he was mellow. His shoulders. <laughs> he was mellow. We did we did that interview and Lee Merriweather in the same afternoon, and that was just a blessed day. Oh, we didn't we great. didn't expect any of that to happen. I'm gonna fly through some names here quick, and then we'll get to the we'll get to the ending. Melvin Van Peebles, uh, the director of Watermelon Man, and and Sweet Sweetback's badass song. Say that three times fast. What were you saying, Mike? Uh, you were telling me. Criterion about him? just released a box set of his work. It's really uh, it's a really nice tribute. Important filmmaker, uh, father of Mario Van Peebles. Here's a name for you, Giuseppe Rotuno. Do you know that name? <laughs> a Jew. No. Yeah, Jew. Uh, oddly <laughs> enough, a Jew. Cinematographer <laughs> who worked for Fellini. Oh, Shot Abercorn and, and many Fellini films and all that jazz. Uh, oh. uh, one of my five favorite movies, so I wanted to bring it up. A director, Monty Hellman. Do you know that name? I do, yes. Yeah. Uh, he... he um, a lot, so I've seen some of his westerns. The shoot is uh, uh, the uh, uh, what is ride the, name of that the ride the yeah the shooting the shooting not the shooting shootest. yeah and Brian uh, right ride the whirlwind yes yeah and also uh, Tulane Blacktop uh, right. films films worth seeing uh, uh, he's a Tarantino favorite he he worked with Corman too uh, Jean Paul Jean Paul Belmondo. Oh my uh, God! French I mean, New Wave and, and the, Breathless. Was anyone cooler ever than that guy? Only yeah. Gilbert. 
<laughs> I, I've been, you know, that's my other project, Gil. I've been going around town pitching a a shot-for-shot shot remake of Breathless starring you in the Belmondo role. And and shockingly, there's no takers yet. Yeah, that's right. One day. Sad, sadly, it's a remake of the Richard Gere version of Breathless. <laughs> yeah. oh. uh, from Monty Hellman to Jerome Hellman, we, we lost the produced Midnight Cowboy uh, mm. and Coming Home. Um, uh, actors, some wonderful actors. Bruce, Bruce Kirby. Uh, a veteran character actor, the father of Bruno Kirby. Look at his mm. face, you'll recognize him immediately. A million roles, I think eight or nine Columbos. James Hampton, Gilbert Dobbs from F Troop. Oh. Remember, remember Jim Hampton, James yes. Hampton? It's in The Longest Yard, a million things. Uh, Peter Scolari died, too young. Mm. Friend Peter of our Scolari was funny man. the first pilot I ever was in. I... I, I you know, it was called like the further adventures of Wally Brown. And that's where I, that oh, was uh, Peter Scolari. Is Barry Levinson involved in that? Uh, no, no, that was Toast of Manhattan. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I got where the bat- theme song was, and before you ask, the Toast of Manhattan, the Toast of Manhattan. So this must be Sunday, the Toast of Catchy. Manhattan. Yes. <laughs> Peter Scolari, so wonderful and funny uh, on New Heart and Bosom Buddies, and recently in Girls, um, and 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 left us too young. Um, actor William Smith from Conan and Red Dawn and some Corman movies mm. and Rich Man Poor Man. Olympia Dukakis with a wonderful oh. career and an Oscar winner for Moonstruck. And, and getting back to Peter Scolari for a second, I a couple of years ago, I was walking somewhere on Broadway. And I ran into him, oh. and it was it was really nice because, uh, you know, we both remembered that and laughed about it, and uh, yeah, and, he was. And what else happened when you ran into him? Okay, you didn't uh, ask him to do the show. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Let me get to some other names here from 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 Night Court, Charlie Robinson and Marky Post. Uh, uh. She was wonderful. Frank Bronner, uh, 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 Frank Bonner. Excuse me. Who played uh, Herb Tarlek on WKRP in Cincinnati? Here's a name for you, uh, Gil. Uh, Billy Hayes, Witchy Poo from HR Puff and Stuff, <laughs> and, and all those uh, those Croft shows. Arlene Galanka, an oh, actress, she did Arlene everything. Galanka was in the Further Adventures of Wally Brown with me and Peter Scolari. There you wow. go. Oh, 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 go. Oh, God, Gil. It's the curse of the of the adventures of Wally Brown. Oh, she she was Ma- Mayberry RFD uh, in the in laws as Peter Falk's wife. All right. And here's a name for you, Gil. Uh, Paul Souls. Does anybody know who that was? Hmm. Paul Souls was the voice of Spider Man in the 1960s animated Spider Man. Oh. But more oh important, God. but more important to this show, he was the voice of Hermie the dentist on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> so there's one for you, Mario. Uh, and uh, I want to throw one more out here. Uh, Ruthie Thompson. Do you know that name, Mr. Weber? No. She was a, Dis- so. a legendary Disney animator. She worked oh. on Snow White, Pinocchio, and Fantasia, and Dumbo. I'm talking the originals. Oh, she, my God. She passed at 111. Wow. Jeez. Uh, uh, did the police have any leads? 
<laughs> You're awful. You're, what was that Jeff Ross joke about the? Uh, he had an aunt antique. She was she died at ninety nine, and his cousin calls and said, "Oh, oh, what what happened? What happened?" And Jeff says, "Her chute didn't open." <laughs> <laughs> oh God! So from there's a segue. From Jeff Ross to two people, we have to. Anybody else that you want to you want to mention in there, Mike? I wanted to throw to in uh, uh, Richard Rush. Richard because Rush, because I've been on the podcast before. I've talked about the Stuntman, yep, a movie yep. I love. Yep. But he Stunt also Man. directed Freebie and the Bean. Not a good movie. Uh, uh, Psych Out with Dean Stockwell in it. Um, and Nicholson. Oh, Psych Out. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Richard Richard Rush. The Stuntman is a wonderful movie. Yeah. And, and let's not forget Lionel Barrymore. Yeah, he also passed. <laughs> oh, yes. How about Lena Vertmuller? Lena Vertmuller. Yes. Oh, she she died? Yeah, yeah. first woman yes. to be nominated for a Best Directing Oscar. Yes, Seven Beauties. Yeah, that's a and good one. And who was that actor she always worked with? Giancarlo Giannini. Yes. Yeah, yes. A, a Jew from Bensonhurst. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, and, other, and, the other great movie is Swept Away. Swept and Away, I remember, yeah. yeah. Seduction I, and Mimi, too. I, I one time asked Frank... Uh, should we get Giancarlo Giannini? And he asked the same question that he asked when I recommended uh, Seuss, uh, Papillon Sousa. Uh, does he speak English? <laughs> Is that not a relevant question for booking someone? I thought it was. Anybody else you want to you want to bring up? I, and, and let's preface this by saying we apologize to all the people, uh, all the names, all the families of people we're not going to get to. Uh, I'll throw in just for shits and giggles: uh, Larry King, uh, Alan Coulter, the Letterman, David Letterman announcer. Oh my who God! I, who yes. I worked with, I worked with him on the TV Land Awards. A lovely man, Willard Scott, a TV icon and a personal and, friend and hero and, to Al and Roker. He, he once announced my grandmother's. Hundredth birthday. There you go. Wow. There yeah. you go. Bobby Gottfried got announced on uh, by by uh, 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 Larry King. Did I mention? Yep. Uh, I'll throw in. Uh, I'll throw in Michael Apted. Sure, Michael Apted, coal miner's daughter, and yeah, the the Up series, which he was yeah. a researcher who helped pick the the fourteen kids in the first one, but then he directed all the rest of them in the series. Correct. Um, but he had sort of a, a like a really varied. Body of work like a uh, um, gorillas in the mist, Thunderheart, Gorky Park. Oh like, yeah, sort of. Oh a yeah, real range. Yeah, Briti and British, uh, British director. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Willard Scott when he announced my my grandmother, it's she when she turned a hundred, she said uh, that she had, uh, people were telling her that Willard Scott announces, and I said, so you want me to talk to Willard Scott? And she says, I would like to be on TV. <laughs> and, and Will Scott said, okay, he'd do it, but he needs some information. And uh, my, I asked my mother, and my mother said, well, she always liked to cook and sew, and she liked going outside. So Will Scott goes, and happy 100th birthday, Minnie Zimmerman, who likes cooking, sewing, and the great outdoors. <laughs> <laughs> it made it sound like she was mountain climbing. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, she was white water rafting. Yes. Uh, uh, 
let me mention to here, and again, we apologize for all the people that we won't get to or the people we rush through. It's We can't do a four-hour show. Uh, uh, a, a wonderful comic, a wonderful, uh, in a way, underrated or un unheralded or underappreciated comic. You must have met him, Gilbert, Paul Mooney. Oh, uh, yes, yes. Mm. Truly funny man. Oh, he was always like like late at night at the comedy store. Truly funny. Yeah. Uh, and wrote for Sanford and Son and wrote for Good Times and and uh, uh, one of the first black members of the WGA, Mike. Oh. Uh, and uh, and I think he wrote, didn't he write on the Richard Pryor show? Yes, he did. And he wrote, <laughs> and he wrote, <laughs> let me get this out before you. <laughs> you're a horrible, you're a horrible Pryor man. He's best known for <laughs> fucking Marlon Brando. <laughs> You're a horrible, horrible human being. <laughs> he also wrote. <laughs> he also wrote the very famous Richard Pryor Chevy sketch on SNL, the Word Association oh, sketch. Yes, yes. So he's a legend, uh, and 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 uh, deserves more credit than he gets. Mm. Which brings us to two uh, notable comedians and two friends of Gilbert's. And Gilbert, you might have to do the driving on this one. Uh, let's start with the late great Norm. Yeah, I remember. I remember doing Norm's podcast, and you know, as always, it turned with any of my comic friends who would turn like deranged. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was he was very funny with that. He'd always talk with like a sneer, you know. It's like and and. I remember right after, I, I put that photo up a few times. It's one of my favorite photos. Afterwards, after doing Norm's show, uh, Norm and I joined uh, uh, Jeff, Jeff Ross and, of course, uh, uh, Bob Saget. Yeah. And I remember that being a night of just... Nonstop laughs. You could tell even mm. from the still photo yeah. that you guys were, were ripping it up. Yeah, it was just so much fun. Truly original, truly original. I, I, I never met him. You know, it's funny. I'm, I, I, I'm in comedy a long time, and I know a million comedians, and I've gotten to work with a million comedians, and for some reason our paths never crossed. And we wanted to get him on this show, Gil, as you know. Yes. And he, and he, was, he was Norm. So he was strangely, he was yeah. strangely hard to pin down or non-committal or could do it and then couldn't yeah, do like, it. And I, 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 don't, I don't really know. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I, 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 pos I, I know I'm working. <laughs> one, one of the truly great comic minds, though, and that oh, last, uh, that, that his last appearance on Letterman, where he got so emotional. Um, you know, and it ways I, it sounds corny. I felt I knew him uh, 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 through his work, and obviously a lot of mutual friends. That Letterman your, um, appearance, really. Gil, your me. your appearance on his podcast that that whole podcast was so good it was, and, and so that, funny. Yeah, let's not let's not b b diminish that, Gilbert. It was it made history. Your appearance and also the Einstein episode. Yeah, with yeah. Norm. Yeah, I remember when I when I was on Norm's podcast. Afterwards, I just felt like. I, like I ran a marathon. It, it, was, <laughs> it, it was just like, just got you, crazier and crazier. Netflix owns those, owns that show now. And, they and they're not, because they're not 
available to the public, unfortunately, and yeah. and they're sitting on them. Hopefully, one day it would be great if if that podcast was re released because yeah, there's that it, Bob Einstein episode is also legend. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, you know it, it, what can you say about the guy? I, I, I mean, a, a really rare, a ri- truly original comic voice. Oh, it you just know? really and uh, I love such Kurt a Ferguson loss. more than life itself. Uh, he, um, by the way, Norm's book. Uh, based on a true story, not a memoir, mm-hmm. which is so funny. Mm-hmm. The the audio book he narrates it. So if oh, you're if, if you miss it. Norm and you've never heard him reading his book, it's it's brilliant. Now I got to get it. Yeah, I, I I regret never meeting the man. And uh, Gilbert, I'm, gl- I'm glad you had such wonderful times with him. Yes, it's he, a, it, he was a lot of fun. It's uh, a it's a big loss. It's a and loss just for this like podcast. A total smartass. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wish I wish my our paths had crossed. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast, but first a word from our sponsor. So let's move on to Bob. Last but not least. Yeah. Which was a blow and not mm. expected. And I had just I will say that I had just reached out to Bob. We just recorded our four hundredth episode a couple of days ago. Gilbert and I, and I reached out to Bob, uh, and I said, will you come and do this with us? And he said, I think I'm on a plane that night. And we were going back and forth and trying to arrange something. And then I sent him the link, which has been shared online. <clears throat> I sent him the link to uh, to Don Rickles' uh, estate auction. Did you see that? Oh, they, yeah. They I bid on the, a couple of things. You yeah. bid on a couple of things? And I got none of them. <laughs> Bob, Bob's face was on a couple of items that, you know, like there was pictures of them together and a poster or something. And I said, hey, you might want to bid on some of these things. And he wrote me back and he said that this just makes me sad, actually. And he said, but but life goes on. And I mm. was I had said to my wife, I have to call Bob. I have to text Bob. We have to. We moved the date of the 400th episode, and I got a phone call from my sister-in-law probably 20 minutes later telling me she just heard that he was gone. It was very shocking, and still is. Um, And I had just spoken to Bob like a few days before he died. And we were on the phone, and as always, the minute anything turned at all sincere or uh, serious, we we turn it to just complete filth and and make it reverse and and it was always fun and and it was like i always remember like when the aristocrats came out people were saying can you believe bob saget talks like that and to people who knew him they say, <laughs> we, we couldn't believe he could speak any other way <laughs> You watch Hogan's Heroes. You and I had the same bit. Did you know that? Oh, wow. We had the same bit. Yeah, I, I didn't do it because did I heard you do it on, on, I guess, on Conan or yeah. something. And then I went, oh, I can't do that. But it was, uh, what's, and you should do yeah. it. It's one of my favorite things. But I had the same premise, not the same yeah. bit. Yeah. But the premise was, how do you sell Hogan's Heroes in a room? Oh, what's, yes. What's the pitch meeting for Hogan's yeah. Heroes? What was your? It, yeah. It, it's a bunch of soldiers in a Nazi prison camp. It's a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> and did you say, give me 26? Uh, you could, did, did you order up the episodes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. Give me 13 episodes <laughs> right away. And they, and they, they don't want to leave. They get yes. out. They want to they go back. And they were all Jewish actors. Yeah, they were, the two Nazis were Jews. Yeah. Werner Klemper and John Banner. 
John Banner was Schultz. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I and have John- a feeling. I have a feeling he had a very minty penis. I'm just. <laughs> now I'm not. I'm not sure. Be a good time for the disc to run out of space oh, right yes. now. <laughs> Who's uh, Gilbert? Just answer. Yes. answer. Okay. Yes. Who's, who had uh, without thinking? Who had the saltiest cock of any actor you ever know? <laughs> just, who was it? Salt, saltiest. Which one? I would have to say Howard Duff. <laughs> That's interesting. That's an old reference. Right. Wow. And, and he was, uh, must have been furry down there. Was, he, had, yeah. he, he looked like a very official, he looked like someone from the, the <laughs> Declaration so of Independence. It, it was a kind of a tie between Howard Duff and J. Carroll Nash. J. Carroll Nash had a very salty penis. Did you find yourself after you were, can I ask you this? Is yes. this too personal? Yeah. Oh. It's a little sensitive. But well, after ahead. having after having J. Carroll Nash's penis in your mouth, did you find yourself drinking more water? He wasn't Danny Tanner. I, no. I, did, I didn't know him that well. I certainly didn't know him well as well as Gilbert. But uh, uh, you know, but that was part of him. But there was a but there was such a a, a, a gentleness to the guy. Yes. Mm. I mean, his humor was so edgy and so dark and so sca- it could be so scatological, as you'll hear, because we're rerunning the uh, the second episode that we did with him. Uh, but but he, he, he didn't want to he didn't want to injure. He didn't want to hurt anybody. He was very, very, very sensitive guy. Did he always tell you that he loved you before he hung up the phone? Gilbert? Uh, yes. As, yeah. Dara, as Dara shared with me, there, and, there was a real a real kindness to him that you couldn't miss. And and uh, yeah, and I re- I re- I remember <clears throat> I I got a call from Jeff Ross who said, uh, "Oh, sad news! Uh, Bob Saget died." And I swear, I thought, "Oh, this is going to be a funny, sick joke." And I said, mm. "Oh, okay." And I was waiting for the punchline, and then he said, uh, "No, seriously, he died." And I. I I still have a hard time grasping that. It's a gut punch. Mm. It really is. I, and, you know, you, Gilbert went, you, you made the rounds. You, you went on CNN. You went on television. You, 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 said some lo- you said some lovely things about him. But, you know, 65, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's too young. It's, it's too big a loss for, for and And it seemed like he so was another people. one starting out again. Like he, he would just would, did a live show. Yeah, and he was really excited to be getting back to live performing and uh, going yeah. back to the second podcast with him. And he started that podcast, Bob Sackett's here for you. And it did seem like he was entering another phase of his career and another phase of his life. It seemed like he was he was more wistful and 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 trying more to be of service. I mean, he was you know that's why he was pleasant to be around. There really was no show business at all to the guy. Yeah. You know, um, and he struck me again. Didn't know him well, but he struck me as 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 also having a sadness about him. Do you think that Gil? Did you feel uh, that? Yeah, a, de- a depth and a sadness about him. And and he also well, he had two sisters who died. Yeah, that's right. One from scleroderma, which was a a charity he did loads of work for. Yes, to his credit. And. Um, and oh, see, there's another thing that shows that I, what I've always said about comedy and tragedy. 
I he 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 made I remember being with him a few times where he made jokes about his sister. You know, really deranged stuff, but then you see, I mean, you know, he loved his sister. Of course. And his family was totally traumatized by it. But he he could just be completely sick. I I I think if you could communicate with the dead and get in touch with Bob Saget, he would make completely bad taste jokes about his own death. <laughs> he he was that that kind. He would just really S- staying staying true to his art to the end. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> to the bitter end. It's a big loss for us personally for Gilbert and. And Jeff and and uh, and Stamos and and obviously a lot of his friends and fans. And and I I rem- I put up a photo too. I was on the beach with Jeff, and we're holding up a phone. And on the phone is Bob Saget, because we're was sitting on the beach and said, "Hey, let's call Bob." Yeah, I saw the picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yyeah. Not much else we can add. Uh, rest in peace, Bob. Mr. Weber, mm. that's impossible to follow, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. you know, it's hard, and it's why we do this show. <clears throat> is to preserve this stuff. Is to preserve these these stories, and uh, and hopefully there'll there'll be a life for for this for this show. You know, after we're gone, uh, it will be a historical document. Uh, would people want to go and listen to these these wonderful artists? They want to hear Carl Reiner and and uh, and uh, and and Richard Donner and Bogdanovich and and Bob Saget and Jessica Walter. So, but they will they will because what you guys have done is similar to what Peter did that we sort of early in this show we're talking about that how Peter went to all of these yeah. people who were his heroes and were saying was saying I want to preserve these stories. And it's what it's what you guys have done. And we, and what, we tried, what we I tried. remember is the what well I, I mean I remember I get it a lot and it's like it always makes me happy when they'll I'll get a tweet or whatever about the podcast and they'll say, I had no idea who that was you were talking about, and I had no idea of the people you mentioned in his stories, but now I've been looking it up. Yeah, so when you make that, fans out of somebody, yeah. When yeah, you turn, turn and now them onto it's it. like, like a homework assignment for them. Sure, sure, sure. Well, you know, I've said it many times, Mike, and you know this. We didn't start out with that with these kind of grand intentions. We just yeah. thought it was it was a goof, and we, we we sat around and said, let's call Adam West and Larry Storch and engage yes. them and, <laughs> right. and have a couple of laughs. Maybe they'll tell some funny stories. Maybe we can share it with people. Four hundred episodes later, and, and you've been kind enough to do – uh, several of these with us, and and eight years later, Gilbert. Jeez, it 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 is. You know, I have start. People are starting to ask me, "What are you doing with these things? Do you want to donate them to a library or a or a, or a, or a university?" I mean, we they. It's 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 heartwarming to know that they're they're going to have this yeah. kind of value for people as an educational tool. We never we never set out to do that, but it's been a, a beautiful, happy accident. So. If um if someone wanted to do homework about Richard Pryor, uh, <laughs> and wh- where should they? Where would the next place they go, Gilbert? If, if they, they wanted they, to, 
They'd look up first do research in a Marlon Brando book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, that's the screen. The screenwriter just cut the treacle. <laughs> if you guys don't know that don't term, know, look it up. I don't know if I've ever told this before, no. but Marlon Brando and Richard Pryor got totally stoned, got totally coked up, and fucked each other. <laughs> Quincy Jones was witness that. <laughs> Weber, I can't hate you because it is an ending. <laughs> but wait, have we have we talked about Einstein? Well, he passed three years ago, but oh, that was three <laughs> years ago. You can bring him up if you like. Oh, Twenty nineteen. Uh, well, I found out he passed away again. Well, what killed him the the, <laughs> the second time? He was really healthy and happy, but then he he accidentally. Opened up a bedroom door and saw Marlon Brando fucking. Richard I see. Pryor. I see. Okay. <laughs> the only reason. The only reason I'm gonna. The only reason I'm gonna leave that in the show is that Bob would have appreciated that too. Yes. <laughs> we loved these people. We we are grateful to the ones that we had that came and shared their stories with us. We will miss them. Uh, we're grateful to the people who helped uh, us book them. Uh, we're sorry for the ones we didn't get to. And Weber, you're the best. Uh, thank you guys for having me. This is always fun. One of my my favorite days in, in this podcast history is when you, you, you wrote me on Twitter out of the blue and told me what a fan you were of the show. Mm -hmm. and, and, and here you are. And now we can't get rid of you. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, eight episodes? Seven, I don't know. I, this is probably my... Is this my fourth or fifth in memoriam? Yeah, something like that. We thank you for being part of this and being such a help and being here with us and uh, and taking this journey with us. And that's all I got, Gil. So why don't you sign off? Oh and yeah. We'll find an appropriate piece of music and post to uh, to send this to send this show out. Thank you to all these wonderful people. You will be missed. The the theme music too on the waterfront <laughs> or the Godfather. You're a demon. <laughs> <laughs> You're an irredeemable demon. <laughs> you have the theme music to the toy. Because Richard Pryor was Marlon Brando. Let, let it never be said that this 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 in memoriam show is unique. <laughs> Thank you, listeners. We love you. We love you, Mike Weber. Yes. And uh, we will see you with an all new show next week. <laughs> Eddie Robertson and Rock Hillman have to come in and help me with this number. This is how we feel today. It's a good day for singing a song, and it's a good day for moving along. It's a good day, how can anything go wrong? Cause it's a good day from morning till night. It's a good day for shining your shoes, and it's a good day for losing the blues. Everything to gain and nothing to I said to the sun, good morning, sun, rise and shine today. Oh, you gotta get going if you're gonna make a showing, and you've got the right away. It's a good, good day for curing your ills, and it's a good day for paying your bills. So take a deep breath and throw away your pills, cause it's a good day from morning till night. It's a good day.
day from morning till night. Cause it's a good day from morning. 